0: Hi, this is Doug Jones, and you're listening to Sci Fi Saturday Night. I know! We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule.
1: It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess the truth if you will
0: been guilty witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to
2: bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up.
0: Five by Saturday night. In five, four, three, two. Oh shit. Hold on a second. No. Let's forget that one. You know what? I could probably just leave that in. I just might actually leave that one in. Go for it. Welcome to yet another Area 51 edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. The only podcast that guarantees if you listen, you'll hear stuff. This week in episode 442, because we've been fighting over the number for the past half an hour or so, we expect to learn about Earth in a way you might not have thought of before, may never think of again, and Lord knows we're going to find out some stuff. In the meantime, let's see how that works out. Uh, Today we are in the middle of what's called another pandemonium pandemic show because of the need for social distancing even here in area 51 and the clogginess of the inner tubes of the world is going to hell in a handbasket. so it's difficult to get a hard signal uh and we're using a paired back cast tonight hoping for the best so it's just me in, in area 51 along with uh, my my partner in crime who brought over his entire collection of signed pictures of mary tyler moore uh, it's Captain Cam.
2: Hey, yeah, you know, I got to have something to put up on the inside of this goldfish bowl you've got me stuck in. So, yeah, well, it, it looks I, I'm
0: sorry. sorry. Until the until the antibodies test come back, you're in a plastic case and there's just no friggin way around it. Get I'm a the can boy of in the- the- and that's it.
2: I'm the boy in the bubble. <laughs> you're boy in the
0: plastic case. And I, I hope to hell I drilled some air holes on the top. I'm not sure that I did. Anyway, um, be that as it may, and be me as I might, um, the world of social media is an interesting place. And since I retired from the job that I'd had for 20 years at a tech company, I never bothered to take one of my social media things down uh, that, that people in business use a lot that shall remain nameless begins with an L and ends in inked in. In in any case, I kind of just changed my profile a little bit to get my actual picture, put in my avatar from here. And, uh, some of my friends from work keep up with me and will send me a letter that says, Hey, I sold a quarter of a million to my yawning response, uh, and whatever. Um, about a month ago, this guy I had never heard of shot me a link and said, "Hey, didn't know uh you or anything about you, but this is me here I am, and I write science fiction so for the first time in the time that I've used LinkedIn, well, possibly the second time because this is one time I'm just not gonna talk about uh." Guy sent me uh, a book. The book was fun. I thought he was from Germany, but it turns out he's from Great Britain, unless I'm wrong, Dominic, in in which case, feel free to correct me at any time. Joining the talk cast tonight from somewhere on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean to be determined, it's Dominic Curtame.
1: Dominic, welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Thank you, and thank you for having me on the show. Did, did I get your name? Did, you got did. it right. You got it right. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> I Sorry. do live in I do live in Germany. Um oh. I am British. Okay, so that th- then I'm not totally
0: well no, I am totally confused, but for a very different <laughs> reasons. Not a problem. Um and it, it was just kind of a weird series of uh you tripping over my uh my LinkedIn page, more than anything else, that kind of brought us together. Now, Dominic, you, you've had, you have led yourself an interesting life, sir. I have. Oh, well, according <laughs> to your bio, you have. Um, so why don't we talk about how, how you ended up in, uh, in Germany and uh, why did that do that? Wow, nothing's... the the internet has decided, screw you buddy, I ain't working today. Um. (laughs) You grew up in Bristol. That's right. You had a a military career with, uh, I'm assuming with the British Army, the British Armed Forces. That's that's right, yeah. Royal Artillery. And and ended up in Germany at the end of your stay and decided it's a good place to stay.
1: More or less, that's, that's right. Um, my, my wife's uh, German and um, we got two grown-up grown boys and one grandson and we all live in Dortmund. And I've done ever since.
0: I have a couple of questions about how, why, where it affects how you write and stuff. Sure. But but before we even get to that, uh, because, uh, you list yourself as a fantasy science fiction author and reptilian
1: conspiracy writer. I do. I do. I do. Um, and, and the the reason behind that actually is, um, more, more on the, on the, on the research I did, uh, while while I was writing my book and, um, before I, before I actually uh, started on, on the actual story, I, I profiled um, some of the, some of the characters, um, and and for and for that I actually um, did quite a bit of uh, research exactly into into that conspiracy, and it it was like wow there was a, first of all um, everything I was seeing on YouTube and. Um, um, actually, books on the subject. You know, actually put the effort into that, um, and and it was there. It was there for the um, for the reptilian characters to build up on, and um, so that's why I put it there. So I mean, I as mean,
0: as far as then alien presence has been, uh. A part of the world conspiracy rumor, whatever. Mm. Uh, and don't ask me what I think about it, because I've, I've, I've been, I've been drilled hard on both sides of the issue. Uh, there has always been a, a small contingency that has talked about reptilian. Uh, that that reptiles are not of this earth, that there is a a, a, a an alien reptilian culture living either uh, uh, under, in in the underworld or or flying around and wanting to uh, to deal with it. There there was in fact a, a television show in the U.S. in the eighties called V uh and I, actually a movie right. made of that as as well i won't yeah. say it was particularly good one way or the other but i mean it kind of it kind of brought that rumor that 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 conspiracy to 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 the mainframe and how how did it gain traction with you what was it that that brought brought it to you to the point where you decided it was going to be part of this book i
1: think i think what, what i said what i read read about a lot was the um well there were two two parts there was there was this um the shape shifting character and um like the li- the lizard people uh, i re- i read you know these stories about them under los angeles mm. that live in there as well and and basically that i really? thought, well there there there's there's the um there's there's the force, there's those characters I, I, I want. And they they had the basics there that I was able to I was able to build up on it, you know. Um last um came came about and um also also some, some of some of the the soldiers that come into the um come into the story. But also 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 his his um his troops and everything, you know, that um I I was able to um bring into the story it was came came to then and and because i am such a shitty
0: interviewer i should mention off the back the, the name of the book is the perennial migration that's right <laughs> probably should have led with that but you know someday i'll get good at this maybe yeah. by like five six hundred of them i don't know where did that name come from what
1: is what is the well, the per- what is the, the per- behind the title sure. the the, per- the perennials came came from the um, um, from 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 the trees you know um, the the forest trees the the perennials yeah um, and and obviously in you know a a large part of the the story for the migration itself and everything um, you know there's There's some strong characters in there that you know that um you know b- belong belong to the to the perennials you know so that's how that came about. Put in the title together You've actually split
0: the inhabitants of Earth into four maybe five definable groups here
2: me I count. I count four um, with new breed, old breed people in the reptilians.
1: Yeah, no, um, in 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 addition to that, you know the in addition to the humans, we we got the um, um, the, the forest folk as well. But you're right. Okay. There there, were, there was the. Uh, do you want to talk about the, the the split of the human race? Yes. 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 Yeah, sure. so that came about with the um and uh, actually actually uh, that was the, uh, the the main cause of the uh, breach of the uh, galactic um, co- contract that um after 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 a global war that um the the elite you know evacu- evacuated themselves and, and the families and that that went into that went into this glo- global dome network um they classified themselves as the new breed and the the older ones or the ones left behind in in the survivors um were, were the ones outside outside of that network um so so to speak um so that's so how those two groups came about
2: oh it's interesting how you develop these two groups where the old breed <clears throat> starts to move into this 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 life with uh, you know each person has a job and he, here's it and in these in the new breed and dome and i were throwing this name out here but there's mm. almost a flavor of logan's run the movie in here um where you know it's the this concept of you know at a certain point you're no longer needed in society and we're going to nudge you out I'm use those words in quotes you yeah. know, how did you come about these concepts? Because it's, you know, you you could just go with a very simple: here's the dome people, here's the outside. You created these wonderful little societies, and I'm always fascinated how writers build these societies that they create. So what was your inspiration for these societies? I th- I
1: think the the main the main thing was the. Um the chip implants. I mean, out, out, outside of science fiction, you know, in the real world, there's always uh, talk of the, you know, wait, when is this going to happen? And I, I I thought I think that um, you know, in, in science fiction writing, uh, go, going forward, you know, that that's going to be going to be in or the main the main theme in in a lot of in a lot of books. Um, so so that was the the main thinking there that, um the the, the, new, the new breed they they had they had these um chip implants in their wrists um and, and the, the, the the ones even even in the administration centers at the beginning um you know th- those those that weren't fitting the criteria um they they were basically es- escorted from from these um premises um and couldn't get back in because you know they they didn't have the implants and that that later became you know it was sold it was sold to the people um, about the benefits um you know in that society in in the dome network that um you know over 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 the implants they could have their entertainment credits they could have this. They could have that. But at the same time, there there was obviously the, the control. They they couldn't leave the per- perimeter of the, of the dome network at all.
0: So what was so? Uh, which which brings? Oh God! You know, I, I'm working my ass off not to play spoiler king here, because it's really it's really difficult not to. You've set up up three different stories under the context of one novel, the the story of of what goes on inside the dome, the story of what goes on outside the dome, and the story of uh, a reptilian underworld and galactic board, uh, which we have yet to touch on whatsoever. So how did you, how did you... uh, uh, how did how did you keep all of this straight in your head, putting it together? Or, and here's my thought: Did you write three separate novels and just kind of no. kind of paste them together? Come no. on, that would have been no. an easy way.
1: <laughs> that would have been an easy way. No, um, I had these with with the characters. I did I did the, I did the um, character profile writing the story in depth. So um, there there were these um multiple um ag- secret agendas going on um so you had you had the 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 general from the uh new new breed um administration force he he was running he was peddling his his own own agenda for power uh with, within the new breed um in in addition to that there, there was also the ancient agenda that the um reptilians were um, pushing as well obviously which is, um,
0: which is what I don't want to talk about because that gives away a key plot point of, of the
1: ending I'll move um, over to the other one it it's, yeah and the other the one was obviously the, um, um, the the personal agenda as well of one of those reptilian characters you would already touched on yeah um, so there was all that, although those agendas going on, obviously at, at the same time, and one not know, knowing about the other agenda and how they roll out uh, in, the, in, the, in the story of it, obviously um, that comes up later. So when
0: you're writing, it seems to me like what you did here, and again, you know, I could be 100% wrong, Lord knows I've spent my life do- doing that. <laughs> um, You developed a bunch of characters, developed worlds in which they existed, and then forced them to deal with each other. So my guess is that the you had kind of an idea where you wanted to start, kind of an idea where you wanted to end, and let the characters run the ride for you you you're
1: not far you're not far you're not far from the um um from that at all in um in it, in it um at the beginning these there were these again these these profiles are put together but right in the through this through the story um you know from the different angles of those characters um it did flow you know um from one character to, to the to the next and at actually um you know switching uh, between those agendas as well and also like like thinking uh, as as those those characters may have um that's what pushed it forward
0: without playing without without screaming, there will be spoilers in this because I'll be damned if I'm going to let that happen. The ending screams for a sequel. The ending is literally dropping you off the edge of a cliff wanting to figure out what the hell happens next. So, guess what my next question is? Is there going to be a sequel? what the hell happens next yes
1: <laughs> i i I hope this this year actually um, I, I thought about it earlier I, I was even thinking thinking about um yeah s- sequel or you know series um, but that's that's what I did I did I did plan um is is a sequel and um, I will be doing one um, it's already in in draft nice. um, so so we'll so we'll, we'll be published i i very much enjoy
0: this style in which you put this book together uh and cam and i spoke about this at length in that i don't think there was more than 10 lines of dialogue until chapter four that up until chapter four, you were setting a very sharp, precise, elaborate stage without going too far, with, without boring the reader, but making sure that 50, 60, 70 pages later, when X happened, the reader would know... Because this was part of the original background they got at the very beginning
1: of the book. Did you plan it out that way? Um, intentionally, no. Intentionally, no. Um, but as, as you said, there there was a a, a lot a lot of um, aspects that um, needed to be put out in there at, at the start of the book. Book, put put in that stage together. Um, so, I I was already in, in into, into that, that that start phase, um, and once once you're in there, you 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 have to you have to continue. Uh, I felt I couldn't like uh, stop at a certain stage and um, bring the characters in. Though the, the characters, I felt had to come in as as they do.
0: But I mean, how, how difficult, and and this, is sorry, this is a softball question because I know the answer to this from other authors who have been there and done it. Mm-hmm. But you've placed a book 90 years in, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, 900 years in the future. How difficult is it to build that world? What do you keep? What do you remake into something else? And what do you throw away completely and just blow it up like like a helium balloon and hope for the
1: best. How difficult does that end up being for you? Well, actually, I I find that the easy part the easy the easy part was once once I envisaged this um, global dome network um, of of massive size, colossal size um, that 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 gave me that gave me um, or opened the boundaries so so to speak um of of putting those those pictures together you know i actually actually actually, um enjoyed that that part of um you know um putting that words together um and then doing so in in words of course you know to um and then and then after afterwards reading it as a reader um, you know I I find that uh, just as exciting as uh, in the the draft phase so that was fun did you
0: have an awful lot of readers before it got published to just kind of give you their opinion of it or did you go straight from draft to an editor and go well here you go what do you think
1: um it it was both it was both so there there was um a series of editorial phases um and while you met while you mentioned earlier linkedin um (laughs) right there's a very strong um group there of um professional uh, um authors different genres um and I came, I came up with the idea um, of announcing to them, um, you know, here, here's my work. Um, can I ask you for Can I ask you for feedback? And I I, I originally thought that, you know, no no one's, no one's going to respond, but um, many many did, and um, they they were very very um, helpful. And um, I didn't expect that um, at, at, at that stage, but the the advice and the feedback they gave me at that at that time was, as an independent publisher and author, um, I couldn't have asked for more. Oh, that's great. Of course, I've now pissed them all off, but
0: that's <laughs> clearly <Yeah>. my job. <laughs>
2: oh, what do I know? Writing career is not out there for you, Dom, is it now? <laughs> Never not not anymore. No. Can I throw one more question out there for you, can. Dominic? Sure. Um, so you also created, and we really haven't touched on them as much. And please correct it, it, Are they plant people, tree people? What is their proper name? Because I never quite got that nailed down.
1: Yeah, so they're 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 a forest folk, and and you're right, they, they are um they 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 are plant plant people. They they are um so they're not human. they're not human. Um, and uh, you may you may have um, seen read that part in in the book where they, i do I do describe them. Um, so they they do they do have they do have
2: leaves. you know they're um, they, uh, they, 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 so that's what I was that, well, that was what I was going to get into is your character yeah. design there for that species. Is excellent. I love the character design because they have the leaves. It's what they eat. It's how they interact with the world around them with their little tendrils that they can reach into the ground, and yeah. And, and then there's this little thing because it, it is really, you know, central to the very title of the book is the perennial migration. Is these are the people that have to teach the humans how to migrate, and I just exactly. Yeah. And it, these, this is such a fantastic, you know, group of people, I think of all the people, although I like I, I said to you earlier before we went, when we started recording is you made you made me turn around on my opinions of the of the reptilians by the end of the book. But from the very moment I first we first catch sight of the forest folk, I and the more we learned about them, the more I love these characters, they are such interesting characters, even more so than the humans. And right down to their quote, and I'm going to use this word in quotes, technology, you know, which is yep. all wood based. So you know, what was your it, it, where did you pull inspiration for the for this species that you created? Because you said you researched the reptilians off the web. But where did these guys come from?
1: They, they actually came late, came later on. So um, uh, w- while I was profiling the, the, the characters at the beginning, they they weren't there so um, it, it was later in the during the actual writing during during the um, the manuscript um, that, that I actually came up with those I um, and, and actually bought them it them bought them in, brought them, brought them in. Um, it it has started the story as well um, and it actually turned out later how, how an important role they had, but uh, for, the, for the migration and, and everything. But right, right at the beginning of the draft, they, they weren't—they weren't there. Um, so I actually, actually came in addition.
0: That, that's kind of cool and kind of funny uh, that uh, one of the most interesting uh, characters uh, among all of them was I I don't know if you want to call it an afterthought or not but an I'm not evolution sure it,
1: exactly. I, yeah
0: it, it evolved on its own yeah, if, we have a lot of writers on the show we have a lot of artists on the show we have very few limerick writers on the show i'm not sure why It may have something to do with the title when when we have an artist on the show we have a peculiar problem in that you know, I can sit here and describe How great the freaking artwork is uh, And then I can, uh, when we put up the post Link to their, their, their art account So that they can, uh, our listeners Can uh, look at it as they're listening to the show uh, With a writer, it becomes Kind of the same problem, only different Because first of all uh, 99% of the writers that we have on the show are here because we really like what they've written, uh, one way or another. And it's, or, or it's really something special, or it's really something different that deserves an audience. And the fine line that we tap dance in this is how much can we actually talk about? What, what? can we actually give away? And at what point do I have to shut the fuck up and say, um
2: just go read the book.
0: Yeah. 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 Go read the goddamn book because uh we've been talking with uh Dominic Cortaim. Dominic a person not of this country. Uh he's from Europe. By the way, uh we're we're having a shit time here in the US uh with our pandemic. How are you guys? Is everybody safe and healthy?
1: Uh, yes uh, th- things are uh, getting back to normal um, smaller business businesses are op- opening back up um, there's obviously social distancing still um, wearing masks when we- when you go in when you go into a a store um, so things are getting back to normal schools have opened back up gradually in
0: any case. Dominic, I can't thank you enough for, for joining us, for taking the time uh, to be with this, this foolish little interview of ours, and uh, to let you know uh, how, how much we really, really enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> I I, ha- I have three notes here, and <laughs> I'm just gonna read the notes as a way out of it. The sure. first note is, Does this remind you of the TV series V? And Cam replied, kind of. And then I replied, then I said, what was the name of that stupid-ass movie with Michael York and the hockey masks? And then we finally figured out that was Logan's run. And then I just kind of wrote, A Talking Tree, I give up. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, It's a fun read. It's an interesting read. It's a great take on a future that would normally be dystopian but i don't believe it is no it isn't our guest tonight has been dominic kertame his book is called the perennial migration my co-host tonight has been captain cam and i'm the dome And God help us, but we did another one. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Granite Con, Plastic City Comic Con, and the Upper Valley Comic Expo. We are also sponsored by Dreamforge Magazine, a superb magazine of fantasy and science fiction, and Comic Art House. Visit Comic Art House for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. And if you're looking for a really great gift book for that rapidly approaching semi-annual Fairbanks Melt Day celebration consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology My Peculiar Family now on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. My Peculiar Family the audiobook is available on Audible because I'm not sure where else you could find it. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts for more of his amazing stuff just look at robwattsonline.com and don't forget to try the Watt sauce we have, we love it our outro was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry you can find Lawrence Made Me Cry's music on Bandcamp and a whole lot of love to Jojo and Celine many thanks to the gang from his booking books thank you Captain Cam this is Dome saying Terry and Jeannie shared pain as lessons shared joy increased thus do we all refute entropy Better things are coming Stacy. Stay strong Liz. So, unless it's daytime, good night everybody. This is my brother Yato.